Hey guys, this is Savi Savi Cosplay Adventures, and you're tuning into the Blur View. So what's up, everybody? It's your boy Jonathan D'Angelo, aka Johnny D, and you are tuned into another session of the Blur View. And today we have on our show Savvy Savvy Cosplay Adventures. What's good, man? How you doing? Hey, how's it going, everyone? I'm doing well. So, Indiana cosplayer, you said, right? Uh, Illinois. Illinois. In Illinois. I, I apologize. Illinois. So, how's the cosplay scene out there? How's the nerd scene funny. out there? Uh, I actually just came back from Anime Midwest. Uh, took, it was more of a spur of the moment thing. I wasn't planning to go there. Uh, my next convention was actually going to be WakandaCon, but uh, a few friends were over at Anime Midwest, so I decided to go and kind of drop in on them. So, I actually never been to the Midwest. Is the Midwest like a really big cosplay? Is it a really big cosplay nerd scene? Like, um, well, I know we do have multiple conventions going on. Uh, just like any other city may have their multiple conventions, but our two biggest ones are C two E two and Anime Central. Okay, yeah, I've heard of C two. I've heard of C two E two. I, yeah, I've never actually been on the on the uh, in the Midwest area. Um, I'm from Atlanta, so I usually you know like I'm East Coast, and then I've been to I've lived in El Paso, so I've been to El Paso Comic Con. I've been to Las Cruces Comic Con in New Mexico, um, but yeah, I've never I've never I've been to Arctic Con because I live in Alaska, so I've been to Arctic Con in Alaska, um, but I, yeah, I've never been to the Midwest. Uh, so are you, are you Chicago based or I am, I am oh, born and raised. So, okay. So how was that growing up as a nerd living in Chicago? Like, was it? Well, for me, I didn't fully embrace being a nerd or geek. However, people decide to identify us, yeah. uh, until, I want to say it was like seven or eighth grade when I really started embracing it. Um, I mean, I've always had a mutual uh, mutual interest in the comic books, mm -hmm. the superheroes and stuff like that, but I didn't actually get more in touch with it until then. So I started doing more research. I started watching more movies, uh, cartoons, anything of that nature. That's when I really started getting in touch with it. So... So did you, did you did you and do you read comic books? Is that your like? Uh, I try to read comic books as much as I can. Usually, I'm a bit preoccupied with everything else going on. I I study on the side. Um, not to get off topic, but I'm in the IT field, so that really takes up a lot of my time. Mm. Um, but whenever I do have a chance to visit a comic book store, I'll see what what catches my interest and. If I'm not too far behind in a series, I'll pick it up and, you know, continue to read where I left off that. Yeah. Uh, if not, then I'll see if I can find it online on one of the websites. So, nah, man, I'm, I, I actually used to do IT in the Army. Um, so, yeah, no, nah, I feel your struggle. Uh, <clears throat> it's nice to see a fellow IT operator. I hated the job so bad, dude. I hated it. It was so tedious. Like, <laughs> it was so tedious. Like I can do it, I'm good at it, but I was like, I can't, I can't do this for the rest of my life. Like it was too much. Uh, but um, what um, so like, what have you like, what have you read recently? 
Uh, oh, that's a good question. Um, the last thing I probably actually had my hands on was uh, issue of the Flash. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this particular issue or that particular issue that I read, uh, Reverse Flash had took him to the future. Um, well, he Reverse Flash took him and Iris to the future, um, and. You know, Reverse Flash was doing his regular taunting at Barry, um, and they end up, or Iris end up killing Reverse Flash with some anti-speedster gun, and he gets sucked into the speed force. So that was the last issue that I read um, of the Flash. Other than that, I I fell off, for lack of a better term. Mm. So you never read, um, you never read Batman Fifty. You haven't read Batman Fifty then, huh? A Rebirth. No, I heard that they just had the big uh, comic book wedding between him and Catwoman. You should read that. You should read that. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Don't if you haven't already. Don't read the New York Times article on it. It's it's um it ties into a lot of it ties into a lot of Batman backstory that they've been writing lately, and uh, it definitely uh-huh. gives a good insight on the future. It kind of indirectly ties into the Flash as well. Um, if you read Flash Rebirth. Um, but it's, it's, it's actually a pretty interesting read. I won't spoil it for you though. Uh, I won't, I won't even spoil it. I won't spoil it for the audience either. I kind of wanted to do a discussion on it and forgot. Um, and I might go ahead and do a rant a little later, but I don't know. It's kind of late, but I mean, yeah, no. So like, so what got you into comic? What got you into comic books and being a nerd? You said you were like late bloomer for it, but what got you into it? Um, what really got me into it was the people around me. Um, so I didn't really hang out with a lot of people my age. Um, I had a lot of mentors growing up, mm-hmm. and they were they were more involved in the geek culture. So with me hanging out around them, they they introduced me to to the culture and things that they thought I may like. Uh, first, it really started off with it obviously Batman, since you know he was always the talk of the town. Um, but then from there, uh, it went to Spider-Man. I really enjoyed Parker. Um, but back in 2012, when Miles Morales debuted, he just kind of took me by storm. Um, so that's really how I got into it was just hanging around my mentors and things like that. Um, they're, they're the ones who really shaped me into being the the person I am today or the individual I am today. So would you say you were sheltered from the stereotypical treatment of what a black nerd went through in their childhood? Say that question again. Would you say you were uh, sheltered? Because you had mentors, would you say you were sheltered from the stereotypical treatment that most black nerds saw in their childhood for being a nerd? Um... Yeah, like yeah, since I since I really didn't hang out with people my own age, yeah, I was definitely more sheltered than the the typical black nerd or POC person. So hmm. So how how would you how would you say you you know, do you coming into like full blown nerd culture with these people having like these negative connotations about their childhood? Like, is it is it awkward trying to relate to them? Like, oh yeah, that sucks for you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, how how was that? 
Uh, it it was a little awkward at first, uh, but once I started hanging around with more people my age and, you know, everyone, like, before before Hollywood took everyone by storm with all the comic book movies, like, I would steal an outcast, mm-hmm. you know, like, when oh. or bring up comics, if, like, no one reads comics or, you know, I'm going out to party, I'm doing things that other people normally do, not just sit in a room or sit with a group of friends and read comics. So I was still subjected to the the ridicule, but it wasn't as intense since, again, I was more along the lines of a late bloomer. So how was it getting? In, how was it getting into the nerd community and then realizing that there is bullying and racism and discrimination in the nerd community itself after not having really embraced that? Um, honestly, with the bullying, the bullying and racism, it. I don't want to sound. I don't want to make it sound like I'm indifferent towards it because I don't condone it at all. Mm-hmm. But you know, with the world that we live in, it's to be expected. And when I, when I come face to that that sort of negativity, you know, I try to phase it out because if it doesn't, my thing is if it doesn't really concern me directly, then it shouldn't be on the forefront of my on my mind. Um. But I'm not going to sit there and just stand idly by when, you know, someone that I associate with is being bullied, mm-hmm. you know, being subjected to a, ra- uh, a racist rant like, oh, you can't cosplay this character because of this, that and the other. Because um, I believe, I believe it was you, maybe, maybe it was you saying that, um, you know, if we can't cosplay these characters because of our skin color, then, you know, maybe white people or other cosplayers can't cosplay as characters because technically they're Japanese. Wow. He quotes me. I am your biggest fan. (laughs) The only person that quotes me is my mom, and that's to prove me wrong. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, I've had my fair share of ridicule. I mean... When I dress up as the Flash, you know, I I get awkward looks as well. You know, people run up to me like, "Say it again." It's a good Flash too. I'm sorry. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, Shout out to uh, UD Replicas and uh, Reflex for making the the cow and UD Replicas for making the suit. Uh, That's where I got that from. but yeah, like when I was at Anime Midwest, you know, people would say like, "Oh, you must be Wally West." Like, like no, I got on the Flash outfit. Like, Wait, bitch, I'm Barry <laughs> Allen. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it is what it is, and you know, um, it, it's just it doesn't surprise me that you know we are still subjected to this kind of negativity that we are like right we we've been so we've been conditioned to expect it but you know when it does happen you know we try to and not we as in just the cosplay community but we as the the entire human population we try to nip it in the butt you know you see it you see it happening online where someone is called out you know and the person who who calls them out 
they get fired or, you know, they deal with the repercussions of their actions. So, yeah, you know, that that is something that I do enjoy seeing. You know, you're not just going to get all scot-free. You know, there are some repercussions to your actions. And so we know you we know you as a Midwest cosplayer. Um, what got you into cosplay in the first place? I want to say what really got me into cosplay was C2E2. Um, C2E2 started back in 2011. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to go the first year, but the following year I went, and I wasn't even involved in cosplay. I was the guy that that had a superhero shirt on in jeans, and I just, you know, <laughs> caught it today. Mm-hmm. But um, as the years progressed, you know, that's when I slowly got into it. Like, the, uh, 2013, uh, that's when I dressed up in a Spider-Man outfit that I no longer have. But, um, and then I did Assassin's Creed cosplay. So sh- slowly but surely, I, I adapted into cosplaying. Uh, and I just wanted to take it from there. Mm-hmm. So that's in 2012 is when I actually started getting, or 2013 is when I actually started getting into it since 2012 was the shirts and jeans. And so, and I don't say this as a bad thing, but um, being sheltered, and I, what I mean by that is I don't, I don't, I don't mean sheltered as a bad thing, but, you know, having initially been sheltered from discrimination because, you know, you had people backing you from, you know, the birth of your nerdism. Have you ever been discriminated against so badly that you felt like you wanted to quit or you wanted to put cosplay on hold or you just like lost faith in the community at all? Like, has that ever happened to you? No, I I haven't faced that yet. Um, sure as I continue to go on, I will, I will come face to face with that eventually. Um, and will I lose some motivation? Yeah, I'm only human. Yeah. It happened. I'll have my doubts. Um, but it's something that I enjoy doing. So even if I am faced with it, even if I do get discouraged, you know, I, I will bounce back. You know, I'll come back in something bigger and better, or if not something bigger and better, I'll come back in something I already have. And so, with the state of cosplay that it's in right now, how do you feel about the current Mumu-kun allegations and um, the Colossal Con uh, photographer incidents? How do you feel about those? So I didn't really follow Mumukan like that. Like I just started hearing her, hearing about her when you know the news broke. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, you know, I started watching YouTube videos that involved her and all the the sexual harassment. Uh, I'm I'm not dismissing her, but I didn't care for her to begin with. So. To see someone doing something like that, and as most people say, you know, if a man does it, then you know we we get the most of the shitstorm. But if a woman does it, it's it's a little lenient, a little more lenient. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't necessarily care for Momokan to begin with. So whatever is happening to her, I believe she fully deserves it. You know. Um, like you said in your show uh, or your live discussion the other yesterday, 
Uh, I've also worked with uh, mental illnesses in the past. Uh, it was a place called Margaret Manor Central, mm. and I've dealt with, you know, bipolar, um, bipolar, ADHD, and all the other stuff. And they were real cool people, you know. I would go in there, I would go into work with a smile on my face because they made me happy, you know. I got to sit there, listen to their stories, uh, play dominoes, and, you know, just got to know them. Um, you know, and most people, most people wouldn't even give it a second thought unless they were directly involved with them in their family. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, Momo, Momo Khan trying to blame, blame it on ADHD, it is completely unacceptable. And I think a lot of people, especially white people, like to put the blame elsewhere. <laughs> uh, you see them do it all the time. Like, especially with the videos that they, what they, Ooh. that they have now. You know, we see them do it all the time. Uh, I was watching a video the other day where some lady, she she got inside of an Uber. Uh, I think she was a district attorney or something like that. And she was drunk. Um, and I'm not sure about the driver, but uh, you know what Uber is. You put in a destination and they take you there. Mm. She probably didn't put in the destination, or she probably put in the wrong destination. He followed the the navigation, but she became so belligerent that you know she started talking down to him. And when he asked her to get out the car, you know she was just like, "No, like it's not gonna happen." You know, I don't feel like getting out in this neighborhood. You know, we can sit here and wait till the cops come. But to the point of the story, you know, she issued a public apology and. You know, she was like, I was drunk, you know, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. You know, not taking responsibility for her actions. She shifted the blame elsewhere. So, you know, it it's sad to see that people can't take responsibilities for their actions nowadays. Or not a whole lot of people can take responsibilities for their actions. Do you feel like non-POC cosplayers are held to the same standard as POC cosplayers when it comes to incidences like that? Uh, it, it's tough to say because I really, I really follow more POC cosplayers than I do any other cosplayers. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can't really say yay or nay. Mm. Uh, I mean, the only thing I can say is non-POC cosplayers are typically more popular than we are. So, you know, nice. they're held in the spotlight. And when, they're, when their actions do get brought to light, you know, it, it does seem like people just brush it under the rug, so to speak. But uh, I, I may actually have to get back to you on that because... Again, like I said, I, I mostly follow POC cosplayers more than I follow any other cosplayers. So why is that? Why do you follow POC cosplayers more than you do non-POC cosplayers? I follow them because I relate to them. You know, they're, they're, they are, 
they're pushing the norm. Mm -hmm. You know, I like whenever that. we go ahead. No, I say I, I like I like that you said that. I like I like how you put that pushing the norm. I like that. Go ahead. So yeah, like normally when you go to a convention and you see a you see a person with a mask on, you know they're cosplaying as a mask character, and you know you you automatically or I don't want to say automatically, but most times you think they're a white cosplayer or you know a, a person of lighter skin tone, but they yeah. take off the mask and you know it's, it's you quote unquote under the mask. It's like oh you know it's another one of my brothers or sisters under the mask. Um, and the biggest thing for me, uh, as an example, uh, Tyler, he's a big Spider-Man cosplayer. Mm -hmm. You know, first star following him, you know, I just seen him in a Spider-Man outfit. And when he took off mm -hmm. his mask, I was like, oh, I was like, this guy's a brother. You know, I, I wasn't expecting that. So, you know, that's why I follow... That that's why I tend to follow POC cosplayers more because I relate to them. You know, we're pushing the norm, um, and we're not being held back by standards. You know, oh, just because this character is you know dark skin in the anime or in the comics or the the silver screen, I have to stick with that character. Yeah. So who's Tyler again? For all those who, for all those who don't know. Uh. Uh, I believe his full name is Tyler Scott Hoover. Uh, he's, uh, I believe he's based in Massachusetts. I may be wrong, no, but I do know his name for his, certain. It's Tyler. His cosplay, Tyler Hoover. His cosplay name. Do you know his cosplay name? I do not. Oh, I just okay. know Tyler Hoover. Uh, I can look it up. Uh, I can look it up and see if that really is his cosplay name. Um... But yeah, he does a lot of Spider-Man cosplays. Uh, I follow him on his Instagram and his Facebook. But since more people are shifting over to Instagram, that's where he posts most of his stuff. So do you feel like... I get the relatability part. I do. Um, you, you, you identify more with somebody who looks like you, who has the same experiences as you. Um, do you feel like non-POCs... Though they're not relatable, do you feel like they attribute to some of the reasons why, like artistically, they attribute to some of the reasons why you cosplay? Mm, maybe a bit. I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's cosplay, and it's something I enjoy. Uh, whether they're a PLC or they're, if they're... Uh, other cosplayer, like I still like the work that they put in, you know. Mm -hmm. So that that's just my thing. And so, when it comes to cosplay, um, have you ever approached a cosplayer, POC or non-POC, and you know felt accepted within the community um, by those people? Have you ever been rejected? by people in the community? Uh, in my experiences, no. Uh, I, I mean, aside from the, the, the side eyes of, oh, you're, you're cosplaying as this character, a typically white character. No, no one has like really said anything to me. It's always been more of a non-verbal thing. 
And the reason why I asked, and I'm I'm looking up facts to just make sure. The reason why I ask is when you when you cosplay, and I'm looking at I'm looking at your profile right now. When you cosplay, like a lot of people don't realize, like you um you know, and I only say this because and I, only, I only say this to bridge my next point. So I'm just bridging the gap. But you have a seven, 176 followers now on the blurb view. I don't give a fuck how many followers you have. This is my show. I do what I want. I put here who I want to put on here. But you know, you have 176 followers. So like. In, in a realm of speaking, you're not well-known. And so, like, have you ever tried to come up to a well-known cosplayer? And you say you've never been rejected, so I guess that's a no. But, like, do you feel like numbers matter in this community? Do you feel like it's a numbers game, it's a popularity contest? Because even though you've not, you know, experienced rejection or you've not experienced, you know, too much, you know, you've not experienced too, uh, discrimination outside of a side-eye, I mean, like, do you feel like if you were more well-known, people would acknowledge and you know treat you better and not give you so much of a side eye you know or does that to you does that not matter I, as far as numbers go i i i do for myself yeah. I, I don't really do it for anyone else so numbers mean absolutely nothing to me mm -hmm. i do appreciate the followers that i do have and i i do appreciate their their support you know their encouraging words uh i associate oh i I talked to Sassy Black Feline a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I first found out who she was, uh, even though she's not more of a well-known cosplayer as, as you know, other cosplayers like K-Bear and Tyler, Tyler Hoover and, you know, everyone else, yeah. you know, they have, like, thousands of followers. Um, you know, she's someone that I typically talk to on... Uh, somewhat weekly basis mm -hmm. uh, and yeah you know i whether i have the numbers or not it, it doesn't really matter because again i'm just doing it for myself but again i do appreciate the people who have followed me uh and who do enjoy my work or i don't want to say my work but my efforts yeah well, no, I would I would argue that it is your work. It is your artistic perspective on a character. Even though you, uh, even though you bought your Flash costume, I mean, you still envisioned that character. You still had a passion for that character, and then you chose to embody it. And I feel like that is still uh, art in its fullest sense. Um, do you feel like, as you get the followers and as you get the the clout, as it's called, do you uh, do you you know how are you how do you plan to further keep your audience your 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 admi admirers engaged your audience engaged uh that's a tough question because <laughs> i'm all about the tough questions baby <laughs> the only reason why it's a tough question is because usually uh going back to what i do outside of cosplay like i try to stay off the internet just yeah. because for the simple fact I deal with computers all day. So, you know, when I come home, you know, I, I try to I try to keep that as me time. You know, I'll kick back, play the game, or, you know, watch some anime. Um, but, you know, if I were to start, you know, uh, accumulating more of a fan base, you know, I'll I'll try to engage more on my on my Facebook page, you know, like, hey, what's everyone's favorite anime? You know, start discussions like that. Um maybe drop a few hints of what I'm working on next or what I'm trying to do next, I should say. Um, actually, right now, I'm working on a custom version of Miles Morales from 
into the Spider-Verse. Okay. Uh, I, I can't really give uh, many details because I signed the NDA, but I am working on a custom piece for that. And once I get it in the mail, you know, I, I look forward to, to showing it all. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be really dope. I think a lot of people may like it. Uh, you know, I see a lot of other people doing the Spider-Verse version, and I really think that I'm going to bring a unique take to it. I like that. I like that. Um, the, uh, so... I look forward to that. I look forward to that. I love I love seeing people cosplay Miles Morales. Um, I love his character. I definitely love his costume from Into the Spider-Verse. Absolutely. Um, I love that it's a pair of J's and a spider suit and a hoodie. I, I, I love that. It's like, it's so true to East Coast fashion culture. It's unreal. And I love that they incorporated that into that movie. Um, it's it, like, that's going to be great. I'm, I, I can't wait to see your work actually. Savvy, sassy black feline. That's the homie. I love her to death. Uh, me and her have, uh, arguments all the time on Instagram. It's great. <laughs> um, I, uh, so do you have a speech? You mentioned sassy black feline. Do you have, is, is she like your cosplay mentor? Like, do you have a mentor for cosplay? Uh, I wouldn't say I actually have a mentor for cosplay. She's more of a a friend to go to, mm -hmm. you know. Um, I can't remember how we started talking. I actually think it was her her DBZ launch cosplay. Yeah. Um, if she's listening to this, she's gonna give me shit for it because <laughs> um, when I first when I first mentioned it to her, I thought it was Boma. And, <laughs> She was like, no, dude. I was just like, oh, uh, and I just started naming other other females in the DBZ universe. She's like, she's like, your your geek card is gonna get revoked from me. And I was just like, I'm sorry. I was like, <laughs> I, I with Dragon Ball Z like that. So she definitely gives me shit about that from time to time. Uh, but no, Sassy Black Feline, she's definitely a friend. Um, I was actually supposed to hang out with her when I went to New York for Afropunk. Hmm. But by the time I was going to purchase tickets for that, they had sold out. So I actually may be going to New York Comic Con for to kind of make up for my trip to Afropunk. You might see me there. Fast. Okay. I look you might see it. me there. I will be running around as Black Indiana Jones and Red. <laughs> and I, I put quotes on that. <laughs> but I'll be running around as Indiana Jones and uh, Red Hood. But there's a high probability that I will definitely be there. And I heard that um, Jason Momoa is going to be there on that, that Sunday. Um, which means with him will come Justice Well, not Justice League, but Aquaman stuff. Um, so I definitely am, as a DC, as you can tell, a huge DC Comics fan, I definitely plan on peeping that out. Um, uh, but, uh, so do you, is there anybody in the community that you actually look up to, like in particular, like that you draw inspiration from? Um, uh, I do see, actually, yes, there, uh, cosplay Nene. Mm -hmm. Um, he did an Iron Spider, or he did the original Iron Spider, the, yes. the red and gold. It was so good, and so good. Yes, yes, I thought it was absolutely breathtaking. Um, 
I wasn't a fan of the Orange Spider in, in uh, Infinity War. Yeah, it, no. it took a while for that costume to grow on me. But um, when I saw cosplay Nene's uh, Iron Spider, like I, I shared it to a group that I'm in. I'm like, guys, I was like, check out this amazing work. I was just like, I don't think I've seen anything like it. I was like, this dude just he he he's dope. Um, and also uh, speaking to him, or not speaking to him, but speaking about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. I think it was like a like a few months ago, like maybe four or five months ago, they had that he had that big thing with Chris Brown sharing his photo and removing the watermark. Hmm. Like you heard about that or no? No, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. So yeah, uh Chris Brown, he he took cosplay Nene's photo and he cropped out cosplay Nene cosplay Nene's um Instagram page, you know, like the little ad cosplay Nene. Yeah. And Chris Brown just posted it on his Instagram, and you know the cosplay community's kind of flipped over that. You know, it's like, like what point? You know, um, and so that's when he actually got on my radar. Um, other than that, you know, I've probably seen his work beforehand, but just didn't know it was him. Yeah. Until oh, that was brought to light. And so, how do you feel about? the current state that your fellow POC cosplayers go through? I know we touched on it a little bit, but I mean, like, do you feel like, do you feel like we get enough recognition? I mean, maybe from our own, absolutely. But overall as a whole, do you feel like it's a struggle to be a POC cosplayer despite, you know, magnificent work from cosplay nay and, you know, uh, out of the box characterizations like uh launch with a uh, sassy black feline. Uh, absolutely. I do think it is hard, harder for us to get recognition overall. Um, and not just within the cosplay community, it, it's just all around. Um, it, it's kind of sad to see that, you know, so many other different cultures take so many aspects of our culture mm-hmm. and tend to turn it into their own. Uh, now, if they genuinely turn something from us into their own, you know, that's great. But don't just blatantly, you know, take something from us and just like, yeah, I did this, you know, this is all me or this is all us, blah, blah, blah. You know, if if you grab something from the black community, give us that, give us that recognition. Like, hey, I saw a fellow or a fellow black person do this. I thought it was really dope, so I I asked them or I used some inspiration from them to, you know, add my own unique take to it. But, yeah, we, we don't get enough recognition overall, and that's the sad part about it. And that is one of the things that motivates me to cosplay because, you know, we should be recognized. Mm-hmm. You know, we... As, as far as, you know... As far as everything that goes on in America, we are the backbone of most civilizations, you know. And for us to be disregarded or pushed to the back, it's completely unfair, you know. We, it, it should never be like that. It should have never been like that at all, but, you know, it is one of those things 
where I don't want to say it is what it is, but unfortunately, it is what it is. So, um, to if I can help bring PLC cosplayers to the forefront by adding my unique style to it, then I'm all for it. You know, because we need more role models within our own. So what do you think it would take to fix the issue? Uh, what I think it would take to fix the issue is to, it really is to just take more photos of PLCs, uh, share them wherever, wherever you have a social media presence. Um, there's a few other cosplayers that I've seen on Instagram or on Facebook, you know, whenever I see them or come across them, I try to share them to my own personal page and to my cosplay page on Facebook, as well as uh, following them on on Instagram and, you know, dropping a comment like, hey, I like your work, you know, this looks awesome. You know, just trying to show some type of recognition to them because I know they won't get it from anywhere else. Um, and, with with the cosplay page that I have on Facebook, since that's a public thing, people see that, you know. So if I can share as many as many PLC cosplayers as I can, you know, people are gonna see that, and they're they're gonna, you know, start seeing us uh, in the spotlight uh, versus being disregarded or in the back burner, so to speak. And so, why do you feel like people don't want to share? POC cosplayers uh, artwork? Why do you feel like they disregard us in particular? Uh, it's probably a few reasons as to why they disregard us. Uh, the, the overall reason as to why they disregard us is probably because we don't have as much we don't have the how do I this representation representation yeah that that's a word I could use uh, we don't have the representation as others do um, for example other cosplayers or uh, other non PLC cosplayers they have sponsors and things like that mm. so you they have other people to push their agenda. You know, they have people to advertise their products. You know, it, it's it's more of a symbiotic relationship. You know, what can I do to help you? And what, what can you do to help us? They have that, whereas, you know, POCs don't really have that. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's actually a reason why I, I wanted to do the the custom Miles Morales because I'm working with a company, you know, if, if you, if you help me with a, uh, my vision, you know, we can help each other. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's the representation that, that some of us lack, especially, you know, the smaller time cosplayers, myself included, cause I'm nowhere near big time. Uh, but yeah, they, it, it's just the representation 
It may also be the fact that we don't have the resources. Um, as we know, other people are born into wealth or, you know, they use other other resources to help benefit them, whether, you know, they do commissions on the sideline or, you know, they they hold three or four jobs or two or three jobs, whatever the case may be, they they have the resources to support themselves better within the cosplay community um, versus, you know, other people who have just a part-time job or, you know, they're just working with what they got. And I'm definitely not throwing shade at the do-it-yourself cosplayers because there are some really fantastic ones out there Absolutely. that that they do their absolute best with what they got and they 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 make it shine like you would think that they they got someone to commission it for them so major props to the do-it-yourself cosplayers do you do you feel like uh poc cosplayers have to work twice as hard as their non-poc counterparts or do you feel like it's solely representation being the issue uh, what was the first part of that? Do you feel like POC cosplayers have to work twice as hard as their non-POC counterparts? Or do you feel like it's just solely representation and that's... Or do you feel like we have to work twice as hard just to get half the represent... Just to get what we're getting now? It, it's always going to be we need to work twice as hard to get what others have. Mm. Um, yeah. That's just how the world is nowadays where someone of someone of color has to do you know we we definitely have to work twice as hard you know we do have to rely on other people to a degree to help us you know get ourselves out there uh whether it's you know sharing a photo or just commenting on it to you know keep it up there on the news feed or whatever the case may be um so yeah it it's definitely that we have to work twice as hard as well as the representation. Um, I mean, look at look at Black Panther. You know that that was highly successful, and after that movie came out, you know everyone was all Black Panther. You know Wakanda Forever. Mm -hmm. You know beforehand, you know it was just like, oh, they're coming out with a Black Panther movie. This is great. Let's see how well they do. Um, there was no doubt in my mind that that movie was going to flop, you know. <laughs> I, I, I saw the movie three times opening weekend. I, I bought it day one when it hit the shelves. You know, it had my full support. But, you know, other people, they saw it. It was just like, oh, Black Panther, what else? So it's always going to be that representation and the... the um, the naysayers. And so what do you think it's going to take? Um, do you think we should buy from our own and, you know, like go that route until we can actually like build up enough to, you know, come into the community? Or do you think we should stay within the integrated community and try and work our way up the ladder that way? Uh, we definitely need to support each other. Um, there's, there's a lot of people that say, you know, I'm in it for myself or I'm just in it to win it. Absolutely. You know, that that's a mentality that that we need to we we need to put that outside somewhere, you know, like in the alley, because that 
that's that crabs in the barrel mentality. And that's why, you know, we're usually down at the bottom or, you know, somewhere near the bottom. Um, cause we don't support our own and it, it has, it has to do with the media. Cause you know, we, we see all the, or more accurately, it, it's the, it's the, the new generation of rappers, you know, they're always talking about, I got to do this for myself or, you know, it's, it's only me, blah, blah, blah. You know, it, it's never, let me help my fellow person, you know, let me, let me pass on what I know to the next generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was fortunate enough to kind of go back to my mentors. I was fortunate enough to have them guide me in a direction to where I can put myself in a position to pass on to the next generation. Absolutely. Um, at, at the job that I have now, I, I was afforded the opportunity to teach a class mm-hmm. and uh seeing the seeing the information that the kids have now uh as far as you know the technology that they have that we didn't have when we were growing up i thought it was amazing and as i was teaching them i felt like there was nothing i can teach them because i felt like they were so far ahead of where i was at mm-hmm. you know back when we were growing up we still had leapfrog and things like that you know, nowadays they got they got drones and you know all the latest technology out there at their fingertips, you know. But you know, I, I taught them as best as I could. You know, gave them some 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 pointers of you know how to protect themselves whenever they're out on online and you know surfing around the internet. Um, and that's what I think most people need to do. You know. We we have to sit our our future generation down. And say, hey, you know, things in life are not going to be easy, but you know, this is a way to make them easier for you, so that way you don't have to necessarily go through what I experienced. No, absolutely. Um, so, but I mean, do you think the reach back mentality can be a little bit toxic though? Because I mean, as I don't know, I don't know about you. I know that for me and for a lot of people that I know, a lot of African American. I hate that term. A lot of Black Americans I know, um, we have we were taught on the reach back mentality that every time if you come up, you got to bring everybody with you every time, every step. And I feel like the problem is that's a little bit toxic because there are some people who don't deserve to be brought up. There are some people who aren't going to work as hard as you or support you as much as the next person, and not everybody deserves to be pulled up. However, I will say that if we're all grinding. At the same time, I do agree. Like, I do cosplay, you do cosplay, we're supporting each other right now. You know what I mean? I feel like, you know, if, you know, Cutie Pie Sensei, for instance, who's going to be on the show Thursday, but Cutie Pie Sensei, you know, I'm grinding, she's grinding, she's got the numbers, she can facilitate that clout this way or that way. You know what I mean? But I feel like I don't, I, I personally don't feel like that should apply for everybody because not everybody deserves. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I mean, what do you think? That's understandable. Uh, you know, there there's a lot of my fellow fellow brothers and sisters, not family or anything, but you know, other people of color that I've had to cut off because I didn't like how they were living their lives. And I'm not trying to judge them at all. But you know, if I'm trying to better myself, you know, I want to surround my people. I want to I want to surround myself with people who are going to push me to be better 
And if I'm sitting there trying to, uh, if I'm sitting there trying to pull you to, you know, my level and, you know, to continue to push you and you just like, no, nah, I'm good where I'm at, then, you know, it's no point in me keeping you. Yeah, I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a bit disappointed that, you know, you don't want to better yourself, but everyone has to learn on their own time or their own agenda. Um, so, I mean, it, it's just kind of tough to say because I do have that, I do have that, that motivation to help others, but I'm only helping you if you, if you're helping yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Uh, but do you, but then again, with the crabs in the bit, with the crabs in the bell mentality, um, yeah, we need to help each other as far as POCs go, but then what would your perspective be on the community as a whole? Do you feel like that's more of a crab in the barrel mentality once you get outside of our yard and into that big world? Or do you feel like maybe it's just a misunderstanding of people not coming together and trying to, you know what I mean? Like, do you think it's, you think it's everybody not trying to help each other out of selfishness or is it just, you know, just unintentional circumstances? Um, uh, I, I suppose the debate could be made for both points. Um, however, I do think that we get comfortable in our own to where, you know, if we do make it within, if we do make it into the, the big leagues, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. you know, to where we're in someone else's yard, you know, maybe we ourselves get a little uncomfortable. So we, we do retract a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think that's, that's something that kind of holds some people back. I know I faced it from time to time where, you know, I, I get to a certain point and, and, in life and I'm like, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. And I kind of backtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that's something that, you know, we all need to work on to, you know, push ourselves further. And that's where that support team comes in and, uh, or comes in at, uh, you know, if, if, if my buddy sees me, you know, starting to, starting to fall back a little bit, you know, they should be there like, no, you got this or whoever the case may be like, mm-hmm. you got this, C- continue doing you and, you know, that that shows you that you can have them on your team regardless of whoever whoever's yard you're playing in, whether it's the POC's yard or the other cosplayers' yard or, you know, the 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 bigger leagues like Yaya Han and things like that. Because as you said yesterday, she's definitely a well known cosplayer who makes a living off of her cosplays. So you know, um Sorry about that. Um, no, you good. Yeah, so you know, it, it's just uh, it depends on who you have on your team. Like, if you have the right people on your team, it shouldn't matter whose yard you're playing in because you got that support to keep you going, to keep you moving further in life or whatever, whatever, uh, whatever circumstance you're in. Mm-hmm. So I mean, so we. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Finish your statement. My bad. Um, I was just gonna say, like, we we shouldn't 
as a whole, as the as the as the human race goes, we should never be moving backwards. Absolutely. It should always be moving forward. I absolutely agree with that. And so here's here's a here, here's an interesting question. After all that you said, how would you define artistic excellence when it comes to cosplay? And like uh, from the person, like from the personal, from a personal, and this is your own personal opinion, but like because cosplay is a visual art portrayed through people, how would you feel like what in what way would you define artistic excellence when it comes to cosplay? Uh, artistic excellence is something that you can visualize or so artistic as artistic excellence is when you have a character in mind and you can sit there and tweak it to your own to your own vision but still be true hmm. to you know the the source material uh, for example you know, we've seen in comics, we've seen these characters from way back when go through multiple changes, you know, multiple looks and designs, but they all stay true to where it was in the beginning. And that's that's something that cosplay should be on an individual level, you know. Like, how can I take this character and, you know, make it my own, so to speak? You know, um, what can I do to 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 better the character or to keep it fresh for people? Um, and whether or not other people like it, you know, that that's something that they have to deal with. You know, if they don't like what you do with the character, then it, it's whatever. You know, you're you're always gonna have someone that that disagrees with what you do, but you know it that that's the part of artistic excellence that you have because you're bringing your own unique style to it. Absolutely. And so how would you define individual excellence when it comes to the cosplay, when it comes to cosplay and cos the cosplay community? That is more character based mm -hmm. uh, where you have, where your intentions are noble. Um, there, there are times where there are people out there. It's like, oh man, I have all these other. Or there are all these other cosplayers out there that make money by, you know, being on Patreon and or or whatever other sites that they have to sell prints or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, I'm not trying to knock anyone because you know, if if you find something that works for you, by all means. But you know, if you're if you're doing cosplay for all the wrong reasons, then you're not gonna get anywhere. You know, so you get into cosplay thinking you're gonna get rich quick because you know you can take a few photos and you know sell them online. You know, you're just defeating the you're just defeating the purpose of you know enjoying yourselves and having other people enjoy or other people applaud your efforts. Um, so yeah, it's definitely more of a, a character character basis. You know, if you're if you're doing it like, hey, I want to make other people happy, or you know, I'm cosplaying to go to hospitals to see kids who are terminally ill. Mm. You know, that is that is individual excellence. Because I know a few cosplayers 
who they are. Have you ever heard of cost, uh, costumes with a cause or yeah. customers with a call? Yep. Absolutely. You, those, those are the cosplayers that I really admire because mm-hmm. they're not doing it for fame or glory. You know, they're out there trying to better someone else's lives, whether it's for a moment or for a day or a week or however however long the duration is. You know, they're they're putting in their blood, sweat, and tears to make someone else happy. Do you feel like the cosplay community as a whole merges those two aspects together, or do you feel like we need more of we need to see more of those combined characteristics? in the community we definitely need to see more of the the combined efforts of having more noble people out there mm. you, um yeah tomorrow's not promised and if you can sit there and be a beacon of hope for someone then you never know what effect that may have on an individual you know uh, someone could be having a bad day and they could see their favorite character walking down the street and you being that character, you can offer them some words of advice and they will take that to heart and try to live to their life to the best of that advice that you gave them. Absolutely. And that's what it should be about because, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're dressing as characters that inspire us in some way, shape or form. Absolutely. I tell I tell people all the time. Um I, I told chocolate I told chocolate chainsaw this. I told chocolate wafu this. I tell I've told sassy black feline. Like I've I've told all of them. I said, you guys are as close to heroes. And I'm telling you this as well. You guys are as close to heroes as you guys are ever gonna get. As people are ever gonna get. There's no such thing as Batman. There's no such thing as Captain America. There's no such thing as Superman. But when kids and other fans see you guys dress up and play these parts, and assume these roles, and wear these costumes. They look up to you guys like nothing else because they see their heroes, and that makes you that hero. And it means so much to people that we do what we do as far as cosplay. You know, it it matters to them. It inspires them. It Like you said, you never know how it could change somebody's day, somebody's life. You know, because, you know, Superman came up to them and said, it's going to be okay. You know what I mean? Or they saw Batman, you know, in like, right, you know, they're terminally ill and they saw Batman, you know, and that just, you know, it just does something to you. You know, it really does. And, you know, we have a responsibility as a community and as a culture to not just respect one another, but respect these characters and respect the people who admire them. And we can only do that by combining that artistic and that individual excellence together and, you know, and aiming for a the most successful, most prosperous, most noble community we can possibly give to the world. Because even though the world sees the heroes on the silver screen, they then look to us in real life to in, embody those characters, you know, and it matters. It truly, truly matters. Um, and I, I'm really glad that you feel that way because you're really the first cosplayer I've interviewed. I would not. No, yeah, I'll say that. You're the first cosplayer I've interviewed who really understands that. The only other person I've actually had a conversation like that with was Smoke Moran. But Smoke Moran's like 40. 
<laughs> so, you know, in 40 years of walking this earth, he gets it. You know what I mean? But as far as our generation goes, you're the first person to truly acknowledge, hey, we're important. And I appreciate and I respect you for that. And I thank you for that. Because a lot of our peers don't realize the kind of power they hold, not just among, not just, you know, among the fans, but even among fellow peers who also look to them, you know. Um, and I'm glad that you were able to embody that concept. And your mentors must be the shit because <laughs> they got you on point, man. I, I, I respect and appreciate you for that very much so. Um, but before we wrap this up. I want you to tell us where you're going to be at next. You said you might be in New York City Comic Con. What's up? Talk to me. So I I registered for the tickets for the fan, verica- fan verification for New York Comic Con. Mm. Um, perhaps when I get paid either this pay period or next pay period, I'm going to get the tickets. Uh, I'm going to try to go all four days, yeah. uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, if not, I'm going to definitely go the weekend. Um, but for sure, I'm going to be at WakandaCon because I already got tickets for that. Uh, I already got my uh, Killmonger and Black Panther helmet ready. Okay. I just got to get the dashikis. I won't be able to get the full cosplay together, but I'm going to at least try to get the dashikis for those. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to be there. Um, if anyone is listening, or for the people who are listening, um, WakandaCon is going to be in Chicago, the, the Hilton, Chicago, uh, August 3rd through 5th. That's the first weekend of August. Uh, a weekend passed, last I checked, was about 40 bucks. So it's the first one. I advise you guys to come through and check it out if you can. Uh, if not, then we'll, I'll see you. Myself and the Blur View will see you at Future Cons. Yes, we will. And I'm like I said, I am... So trying to go to New York City Comic Con, it'd be it'd be an honor to see you there, kick it with you. You know, uh, it's like New York City Comic Con's always been on my bucket list of cons, next to San Diego, and then there's one in Tokyo. So yeah, like those are my three like bucket list cons. So I'm probably gonna buy the tickets tonight. <laughs> like I got the money to do, so I'll probably just buy the tickets tonight. Uh, I definitely want to go to NYC Comic Con. I know a lot of New York City cosplayers. A lot of East Coast cosplayers, Sassy Black Feline said she'd come through. Um, Vanna Black cosplay said she'd come through. Lamb Party said if I showed up, it's it's gonna be lit. Um, so I'm definitely uh, Nico Nico Seku said she'd come through if I came. So yeah, it's it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be lit. Um, I definitely look forward to uh, seeing all you guys there. Um, but oh, and uh, don't forget to tell them where they can find you on social media. Uh, so Facebook and Instagram, Savvy Savvy, Savvy Savvy's Cosplay Adventures. Um, Instagram, I believe it's a little different because I couldn't get the S for Savvy Savvy. Mm-hmm. But find me on Instagram is Savvy Savvy Cosplay Adventures. Uh, but if you find my Facebook, it, it has a link to the Instagram. Uh, again, it's Savvy Savvy's Cosplay Adventures. Um and yeah, I just try to be as active as I can. Usually it's throughout the day when I'm at work and I have a little time to myself to engage in audiences there. All right. Well, man, we appreciate you coming through. Thank you for the intellect. Thank you for the uh thank you for the the, the thought provoking answers to these complex questions that I come up with in my head. <laughs> 
Uh, appreciate your participation. Um, and thank you, man. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the Blurred View. Jonathan D'Angelo, a.k.a. Johnny D. And Savvy Savvy's Cosplay Adventures. We're signing off. All right. Thanks for having me. Of course. Always. Always.